Welcome to Creation, Teaching Truth with Confidence, a biblical training program for teens and above. Now let's join Mike as he teaches about the days of creation. Our subject is the days of creation. And in this subject, we're going to have three sessions. Session number one will be hermeneutics. Session number two will be six biblical evidences that support the days of creation were literal days. And session number three will be five more biblical evidences the days of creation were literal days. Now, our objectives for this session will be, number one, state what is meant by biblical hermeneutics, two, state two rules of biblical hermeneutics, and three, state what Bible verse commands believers to apply biblical hermeneutics. Now, this issue of hermeneutics must be rather important because the Bible commands us to apply this when reading Scripture. Now, understanding the correct meaning of text is very important, especially when dealing with documents such as the Bible. Now, there are standards and rules we can apply to help us better interpret and understand written texts such as the Bible again. Now, I'm not saying we have to be a rocket scientist to understand the Bible. I'm also not saying you have to have degrees in the Bible or theology to understand the Bible. What we are saying here is what the Bible teaches. We need to study and accurately handle the Word of God. And in this session, we're going to look at some of those tools that will better help us understand written text in the Bible. So here's our word, hermeneutics. Sounds like one of those great big college words. Now, two things about hermeneutics. Where does the word come from and what does it mean? Well, the word comes from the Greek. It means to interpret. So we're going to look at some of the tools that will help us interpret biblical texts. Now, what is the meaning of hermeneutics, especially biblical hermeneutics? What is the definition? Well, what it means is this. It's the study of the rules and methods for interpreting Scripture. Now, this is very important because it was one of our objectives. It is the study of the rules and methods for interpreting Scripture. Now, the Bible actually commands us to do this. Now, where in the Bible does it command us to apply hermeneutics? It's in 2 Timothy 2.15. And in 2 Timothy 2.15 states this, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, what does this scripture mean? Well, let's take a look at some of the words in there. The word diligent, that also means study. We are told to study God's word. And how about the phrase, rightly dividing? What that means is accurately handle. So we're told to study so we can accurately handle God's Word. Now we're going to take a look at five rules of hermeneutics. Now there are whole college courses out there on hermeneutics. But we're going to look at five of the most popular rules of hermeneutics. And we're going to apply these rules so we can carry out God's command in 2 Timothy 2.15, which again says, study and accurately handle God's Word. And what does that mean? It means we're going to, it involves interpreting, understanding, and applying Scripture. So let's go to rule number one, which is context. That is probably the most important rule of all of hermeneutics context. It is also one of the most abused rules in hermeneutics because people are constantly trying to take God's Word out of context and make it mean what they really want it to mean, not what God gave us. So context, the most important rule. 
Now, sometimes to get the context of a word or phrase, we have to read, read a few verses above and a few verses below it. Sometimes we might have to read a whole chapter above to get the right context for the word or phrase we're trying to understand. Now, <clears throat> words can have different meanings. So if words can have different meanings, how do we know what it means when we read it? Again, we have to look at the context words used to drive the intended meaning. Not the context somewhere else in the Bible, but the context we're trying to understand. Use the word there. So some words, again, can have different meanings. Let me do an illustration here. How about we just got some orders, and we're going to use a military illustration. And we just got orders we're going to be relocating tomorrow. And the orders read this way. You're shipping out tomorrow. Now, what does the word shipping out mean? What does that phrase mean? Well, if we're in the military, if we're in the Navy, it might mean we're taking a boat to get to a new location. If we're in the Air Force, it might mean we're taking some type of airplane to get to a new location. If we're in the Army, maybe we're taking a Jeep or a truck. If we're in the Marine Corps, we're probably walking. So you have to look at the context to derive the intended meaning. Now, an important rule of context is also this. The Bible should be interpreted literally, or the plain meaning. In other words, our first thought when we read Scripture should be the plain meaning or literal interpretation, unless, that's an important word here, unless the passage is obviously intended to be symbolic or figures of speech are used. So, key there, it must be obvious that it's not meant to be taken literally. Now, let's go to rule number two. Rule number two is this. The explicit constrains the implicit. What in the world does that mean? Well, let's take this rule apart here. Let's take a look at a couple of words. What does explicit mean? Explicit means something is plainly stated. It is clearly recognized. Implicit, what does that mean? It means something is not directly stated. It is implied. Now, let's take an example of this. In Genesis chapter 1, God's giving us his days of creation. Notice the word he explicitly used there for time. In each day, he explicitly uses the word day to indicate how long it took him to create. We can also go to the Ten Commandments. In commandment number four, God explicitly writes down for in six days. So there God has explicitly used the word day to indicate the length of time for his creation. Now, to make that mean something else, there, it must be obvious in the text, not somewhere else, but obvious in that text to say these were not literal days. So that's rule number two. The explicit constrains the implicit. So what does that overall mean? It means that something is explicitly stated. It has a higher priority than what you might imply it means. So the explicit overrules the implied. Now let's go to rule number three, the purpose of communication. What is the purpose of communication? The process of passing information in an understandable manner from one person to another. In other words, notice that it says understandable manner. In other words, if you were to say something to me in French, we would not have communications because I don't understand French. So it must be understandable. And God did not give us his word to be a source of confusion. He gave us his written word so all believers throughout all time can understand what he meant in his word.
Now, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy all the time. Sometimes we've got to be on our knees praying for Holy Spirit wisdom. But we're also to study and accurately handle His Word. See, the problem is not God's Word. The problem is sinful man, fallible man, who has chosen to ignore the plain reading of God's Word and put in what they want it or think it should mean. This is not an acceptable hermeneutic. It's not what we think it means. It's what God has plainly written in His Word. Now, let's go to rule number four of hermeneutics. The interpretation must be based on the author's intention of meaning and not the reader's intent. What does that mean? Let's go back in time. That's what it means. In other words, this deals with the cultural and historical aspect of hermeneutics. What did those people know back then? Well, we know for sure they didn't have the understanding we have of modern science. They didn't understand all the things we know about physics and chemistry and biology and astronomy and geology. They didn't have all that knowledge. Therefore, we can't take our current scientific knowledge and force an interpretation on Scripture. That is an unaccept unacceptable hermeneutic. Take the Bible plainly for what it says, what it explicitly states, and there must be something there that is obvious to indicate it doesn't mean what it explicitly states. So that's rule number four. Now let's go to the last rule, rule number five. Be sensitive to the type of literature or genre. Now what in the world is genre? It's a particular style or form of writing. What does sensitive mean? It does not mean we're thin-skinned or delicate. What it means is we have understanding and we are perceptive about God's Word. In other words, we're studying it to apply it accurately. That's what we're talking about here. So be sensitive to the type of literature. Now, I'm going to do an illustration here. And during this illustration, what I'm going to do is ask you a question. I'm going to ask a very particular type of question. It's called a trick question or a loaded question. Now, Mike, what do we mean by a loaded question? That is a question with a hidden premise. And you don't want to answer that question too quickly. What you need to do on a loaded question is find out what is that hidden premise, take care of the hidden premise, then you answer the question. So here's our challenge. Do you take the Bible literally? Well, Here's the situation. If you say, yes, you're in trouble. If you say, no, you're in trouble. Wait a minute, Mike. What is my answer? Well, here's how you're going to answer that question. The Bible is written in many different formats, many different types of literature, such as narrative history, poetry, parables, figures of speech, and other forms. I take the Bible literally where it is meant to be taken literally. That's how you answer that loaded or trick question. See, if you were to say yes to that question, I take the Bible literally, what you're saying then is you're bowing down to this rock here and saying, holy, 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 you're my God, I'm going to worship you. No, wait a minute, Mike. Where does it say that in the Bible? 1 Corinthians 10.4. In 1 Corinthians 10.4, it says, Jesus is the rock. And if you said you take the Bible, literally, somebody's going to come up and say, you worship rocks, because it says right there, Jesus is a rock. See, this is understanding the type of literature. It's written in different formats. You must understand the type of literature you're reading there so you can correctly understand 
the meaning God has given us. So now, we're at the review part of this lesson. We've covered what is hermeneutics, and we've covered the five rules of hermeneutics. Now, we're ready for our final exam, our review exam. Let's see how much we remember. Question number one, state what is meant by biblical hermeneutics. Well, let's see if we can fill in the answers. The study of the rules and methods for interpreting Scripture. So there's number one. Hope everyone got that one. Question number two, state two rules of hermeneutics. Now, we had five rules. You only have to remember two. The most important rule here is number one, context. Keep God's Word in the context He gave it to us. Rule number two, the explicit constrains the implicit. Now, if something is explicitly stated, has a higher priority than what you might imply it means. Number three, what is the purpose of communications to convey an understandable idea? Number four, the interpretation must be based on the author's intention of meaning and not the reader's intent. And number five, be sensitive to the type of literature or genre. So there's our five rules. Now, question number three. State what verse in the Bible commands believers to apply hermeneutics. And that was 2 Timothy 2.15, where it states, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And we saw there that word diligent means study and rightly dividing, accurately handling the word of God. So we've completed session number one now on the days of creation. Session number two, the next session will be Six biblical evidences that support the days of creation were literal days. And lesson number three will be five more biblical evidences the days of creation were literal days. You've just watched some information we believe will assist you in your Bible study time. Now we post these videos on our website for free access. However, it does take time and resources to produce training like this. You can help us continue to teach the gospel of Jesus Christ and the truth about God's creation by writing to us or financially supporting the ministry of Creation Training Initiative. Our address is CTI, Post Office Box 2415, Eagle, Idaho 83616. Or you can donate online by going to our website, creationtraining.org, or simply send us a note by email info at creationtraining.org.